Welcome to Flourish. I'm Diane Planetin, and you're in the right place if you're ready to create an inspired life. And we do so by working on our own personal development. So we can be strong role models for those we love and mentor. And strong for our own well-being. And this is my Psych 100 journey at Queen's University. I'm sharing with the universe and learning about psychology and what makes us little humans tick. So let's get started on the next chapter. This is chapter 50, week nine in my journey, and it's called Effective Neuroscience. This is open courseware, readily available online. So if you want to read along or if you're in the course, please do so. This module provides a brief overview of the neuroscience of emotion. It integrates findings from human and animal research to describe the brain networks and associated neurotransmitters involved in basic effective systems. The learning objectives to keep in your back of your mind are to define effective neuroscience, describe neuroscience techniques used to study emotions in humans and animals, name five emotional systems and their associated neural structures and neurotransmitters, give examples of exogenous chemicals, example drugs, that influence effective systems and discuss their effects, discuss multiple effective functions of the amygdala and nucleus accumbens, and name several specific human emotions and discuss their relationship to the effective systems of non-human animals. As mentioned, I'm a student, not a teacher, and just simply sharing my journey, and I like to learn out loud, so here we go. Effective neuroscience, what is it? Effective neuroscience examines how the brain creates emotional responses. Emotions are a psychological phenomenon that involve changes to the body, for example, facial expressions, changes in autonomic nervous system activity, feeling states, and urges to act in specific ways. Effective neuroscience aims to understand how matter creates one of the most fascinating aspects of mind, the emotions. Effective neuroscience uses unbiased, observable measures that provide credible evidence to other sciences and laypersons on the importance of emotions. It also leads to biologically-based treatments for affective disorders. The human brain and its responses, including emotions, are complex and flexible. In comparison, non-human animals possess simpler nervous systems and more basic emotional responses. Invasive neuroscience techniques such as electrode implantation, lesioning, and hormone administration can be more easily used in animals than in humans. Human neuroscience must rely primarily on non-invasive techniques such as the EEG and fMRI and on studies of individuals with brain lesions caused by accident or disease. Thus, animal research provides useful models for understanding effective processes in humans. Effective circuits found in other species, particularly social mammals such as rats, dogs, and monkeys, function similarly to human effective networks, although non-human animals' brains are more basic. In humans, emotions and their associated neural systems have additional layers of complexity and flexibility. Compared to animals, humans experience a vast variety of nuanced and sometimes conflicting emotions. Humans also respond to these emotions in complex ways, such that conscientious goals, values, and other cognitions influence behavior in addition to emotional responses. However, in this module, we focus on the similarities between organisms rather than the differences. 
We often use the term organism to refer to the individual who is experiencing an emotion or showing evidence of particular neural activations. An organism could be a rat, a monkey, or a human. Across a species, emotional responses are organized around the organism's survival and reproductive needs. Emotions influence perception, cognition, and behavior to help organisms survive and thrive. Networks of structures in the brain respond to different needs with some overlap between different emotions. Specific emotions are not located in a single structure of the brain. Instead, emotional responses involve networks of activation with many parts of the brain activated during any emotional process. In fact, the brain circuits involved in emotional reactions include nearly the entire brain. Brain circuits located deep within the brain below the cerebral cortex are primarily responsible for generating basic emotions. In the past, research attention was focused on specific brain structures that will be reviewed here, but future research may find that additional areas of the brain are also important in these processes. Basic emotions, desire, the neural systems of reward seeking. One of the most important effective neuronal systems relates to feeling of desire or the appetite for rewards. Researchers refer to these appetitive processes using terms such as wanting, seeking, or behavioral activation sensitivity. When the appetitive system is aroused, the organism shows enthusiasm, interest, and curiosity. These neural circuits motivate the animal to move through its environment in search of rewards such as appetizing foods, attractive sex partners, and other pleasurable stimuli. When the appetitive system is under aroused, the organism appears to be depressed and helpless. Much evidence for the structures involved in the system come from animal research using direct brain stimulation. When an electrode is implanted in the lateral hypothalamus or in cortical or mensophiliac regions to which the hypothalamus is connected, animals will press a liver to deliver electrical stimulation, suggesting that they find the stimulation pleasurable. The regions in the desired system also include the amygdala, nucleus acubens, and frontal cortex. The neurotransmitter dopamine produced in the mesolimbic and mesocortical dopamine circuits activates these regions. It creates a sense of excitement, meaningfulness, and anticipation. These structures are also sensitive to drugs such as cocaine and amphetamines, chemicals that have similar effects to dopamine. Research in both humans and non-human animals shows that the left frontal cortex is more active during appetitive emotions such as desire and interest. Researchers first noted that persons who had suffered damage to the left frontal cortex developed depression, whereas those with damage to the right frontal cortex developed mania. The relationship between left frontal activation and approach-related emotions has been confirmed in healthy individuals using EEG and fMRI. For example, increased left frontal activation occurs in two to three-day-old infants when sucrose is placed on their tongues, and in hungry adults as they view pictures of desirable desserts. In addition, greater left frontal activity in appetitive situations has been found to relate to dopamine. Liking, 
the neural circuits of pleasure and enjoyment. Surprisingly, the amount of desire an individual feels towards a reward need not correspond to how much he or she likes that reward. This is because the neural structures involved in the enjoyment of rewards are different from the structures involved in the desire for the rewards. Liking can be measured in babies and non-human animals by measuring licking speeds, tongue protrusions, and happy facial expressions, whereas wanting is shown by the willingness to work hard to obtain a reward. Liking has been distinguished from wanting in research on topics such as drug abuse. For example, drug addicts often desire drugs even when they know that ones available will not provide pleasure. Research on liking has focused on a small area within the nucleus accumbens and on the posterior half of the ventral pallidum. These brain regions are sensitive to opioids and endocannabinoids. Stimulation of other regions of the reward system increases wanting, but does not increase liking, and in some cases even decreases liking. The research on the distinction between desire and enjoyment contributes to the understanding of human addiction, particularly why individuals often continue to frantically pursue rewards such as cocaine, opiates, gambling, or sex, even when they no longer experience pleasure from obtaining these rewards due to habituation. The experience of pleasure also involves the orbital frontal cortex. Neurons in this region fire when monkeys taste or merely see pictures of desirable food. In humans, this region is activated by pleasant stimuli, including money, pleasant smells, and attractive faces. Fear, the neural system of freezing and fleeing. Fear is an unpleasant emotion that motivates avoidance of potentially harmful situations. Slight stimulation of the fear-related areas in the brain causes animals to freeze, whereas the intense stimulation causes them to flee. The fear circuit extends from the central amygdala to the periquiductal gray in the midbrain. These structures are sensitive to glutamate, corticotrophin, releasing factor. Andreocardiotropic hormone, choleocystokinin, and several different neuropeptides. Benzodiazepines and other tranquilizers inhibit activation in these areas. The role of the amygdala in fear responses has been extensively studied, perhaps because fear is so important to survival. Two pathways send signals to the amygdala from the sensory organs. When an individual sees a snake, for example, the sensory information travels from the eye to the thalamus and then to the visual cortex. The visual cortex sends the information onto the amygdala, provoking a fear response. However, the thalamus also sends the information straight to the amygdala so that the organisms can react before consciously perceiving the snake. The pathway from the thalamus to the amygdala is fast but less accurate than the slower pathway from the visual cortex. Damage to the amygdala or areas of the ventral hippocampus interferes with fear conditioning in both humans and non-human animals. Rage, the circuits of anger and attack. Anger or rage is an arousing unpleasant emotion that motivates organisms to approach and attack. 
Anger can be evoked through goal, frustration, physical pain, or physical restraint. In territorial animals, anger is provoked by a stranger entertaining the organism's home territory. The neural networks for anger and fear are near one another, but separate. They extend from the medial amygdala through specific parts of the hypothalamus and into the periquidactyl gray of the midbrain. The anger circuits are linked to the appetitive circuits, such that lack of anticipated reward can provoke rage. In addition, when humans are angered, they show increased left frontal cortical activation, supporting the idea that anger is an approach-related emotion. The neurotransmitters involved in rage are not yet well understood, but substance P may play an important role. Other neurochemicals that may be involved in anger include testosterone and arginine vasopressin. Several chemicals inhibit the rage system, including opioids and high doses of antipsychotics, such as chlorpromazine. Love, the neural systems of care and attachment. For social animals such as humans, attachment to other members of the same species produces the positive emotions of attachment, love, warm feelings, and affection. The emotions that motivate nurturing behavior are distinguishable from those that motivate staying close to an attachment figure in order to receive care and protection. Important regions for maternal nurturing include the dorsal preoptic area and the bed nucleus of the stria terminalis. These regions overlapped with the areas involved in sexual desire and are sensitive to some of the same neurotransmitters, including oxytocin, argyne and vasopressin, and endogenous opioids. Grief, the neural networks of loneliness and panic. The neural networks involved in infant attachment are also sensitive to separation. These regions produce the painful emotion of grief, panic, and loneliness. When infant humans or other infant mammals are separated from their mothers, they produce distress, vocalizations, or crying. The attachment circuits are those that cause organisms to produce distressed vocalizations when electrically stimulated. The attachment system begins in the midbrain periaqueductal gray very close to the area that produces physical pain responses, suggesting that it may have originated from the pain circuits. Separation distresses can also be evoked by stimulating the dorsal medial thalamus, ventral septum, dorsal preoptic region, and areas in the bed nucleus of stria terminalis. These regions are sensitive to endogenous opiates, oxytocin, and prolactin. All of these neurotransmitters prevent separation distress. Opiate drugs such as morphine and heroin, as well as nicotine, artificially produce feelings of pleasure and gratification, similar to those normally produced during positive social interactions. This may explain why these drugs are addictive. Panic attacks appear to be an intense form of separation distress triggered by the attachment system, and panic can be effectively relieved by opiates. Testosterone also reduces separation distress, perhaps by reducing attachment needs. Consistent with this, panic attacks are more common in women than in men. 
Plasticity, experiences can alter the brain. The responses of specific neural regions may be modified by experience. For example, the front shell of the nucleus acumens is generally involved in appetitive behaviors such as eating, and the back shell is generally involved in fearful defensive behaviors. Research using human neuroimaging has also revealed this front-back distinction in the functions of the nucleus acumens. However, when rats are exposed to stressful environments, their fear-generating regions expand toward the front, filling almost 90% of the nucleus acumens shell. On the other hand, when rats are exposed to preferred home environments, their fear-generating regions shrink and the appetitive regions expand towards the back, filling approximately 90% of the shell. Brain structures have multiple functions. Although much effective neuroscience research has emphasized the whole structures such as the amygdala and nucleus acumens, it is important to note that many of these structures are more accurately referred to as complexes. They include distinct groups of nuclei that perform different tasks. At present, human neuroimaging techniques such as fMRI are unable to examine the activity of individual nuclei in the way that invasive animal neuroscience can. For instance, the amygdala of the non-human primate can be divided into 13 nuclei and cortical areas. These regions of the amygdala perform different functions. The central nucleus sends outputs involving brainstem areas that result in innate emotional expressions and associated physiological responses. The basal nucleus is connected with stradial areas that are involved with actions such as running towards safety. Furthermore, it is not possible to make one-to-one -one maps of emotions onto brain regions. For example, extensive research has examined the involvement of the amygdala in fear, but research has also shown that amygdala is active during uncertainty, as well as positive emotions. In conclusion, research in effective neuroscience has contributed to knowledge regarding emotional, motivational, and behavior processes. The study of the basic emotional systems of non-human animals provides information about the organization and development of more complex human emotions. Although much still remains to be discovered, current findings in effective neuroscience have already influenced our understanding of drug use and abuse, psychological disorders such as panic disorder, and complex human emotions such as desire and enjoyment, grief and love. Well, I really enjoyed that. And I actually kind of wish they would have talked about the love factor a bit more because it is an emotion that really brings things to the surface, doesn't it? You know, like maybe sometimes you're thinking, oh, I'm so depressed. I feel so bad for that person. But why do you feel that way? My question is, is it love? Does it lead you to live differently, to have a different perspective? Maybe we'll find out in another chapter. Well, if you like the show, share it with somebody you know and let others lead more inspired lives by learning what makes us human ticks.